listening to The Dumb Will Speak, a podcast in which we seek to honor the truth of God as revealed in His Word. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Dumb Will Speak. I'm Roy. I'm Jalen. And today marks a new era in American history to a certain degree. And uh, yesterday, Friday, June 24th, 2022, Supreme Court in a 6-3 to three opinion, which included Chief Justice John Roberts, shockingly, uh, upheld the Mississippi law in the Dobbs versus um, Women's Health, or I can't remember what it was called, uh, case, uh, which is not what I would have predicted. I wasn't sure he would go along with that, but uh, especially after his opinion in the last year's decision in a Louisiana case where they struck down the law as too narrow, but he did, but then he failed to consent fully with the majority which the majority opinion basically was that leaked opinion from February with just a few minor alterations and actually just a little more technical language. So five to four on that, they overturned Roe versus Wade and and the Casey decision of, of 1992. The only Supreme Court justice still on the bench who was a part of the Casey decision is, of course, Je- uh, Justice uh, Thomas, Clarence Thomas. He wrote a additional opinion in which, of course, he consents to the majority, but he went further. And in that, he basically stated that the court needs to overturn much of the Supreme Court's decisions in various social order, uh, what I would call moral laws, of the 60s and 70s. We'll see where it, where it goes from here. When I went on their website yesterday morning, immediately after hearing the uh, the decision, that the decision had been made, I, uh, I downloaded the decision. The only thing I've read is what's called the syllabus, which is the opening part where they actually make their de- they actually do the ruling. That's the official ruling of the court. There, all the additional opinions, including the majority opinion, I've not read yet, so I can't comment on that. Only what I've heard. I will recommend, however, there is a uh, bonus episode from yesterday on um, Al Mohler's uh, briefing, in which he did thirty over thirty one minutes. It's, uh, that's got to be the longest episode I've ever heard of him. Uh, That's a record. Yeah, discussing the decision. And Chaylin, even though by the time I listened to it, it was like 2.30 or 3 in the afternoon, and I had already known about this for five or six hours. Um, I'm driving on a out-of-town a, a delivery, and on my way back, I, this pops up in my feed that I there's another episode. And I was like, apparently it was released... Shortly after I had just listened to the, I had literally just finished the ep, the morning episode when I went to work and clocked in, and then I walked in where I work, and a lady was on her phone, and she goes, they overturned Roe, and I said, really? She goes, yeah. She goes, you ever think you'd see the day? And I said, no, I did not. I wasn't sure what her opinion was, but apparently she was all for it. Um, but instantly, and this is where we're at today, instantly my mind went to the fact that my daughter was out of town, way out of town halfway across the state and that she was at a, at a, uh, a function, uh, for her job. She works for a uh, county government. And I was, I was actually worried about her driving on the highways cause you never know what kind of moron, what kind of sin sick moron might do something, you know, some kind of vandalism or terrorism. And I, I sent her a text instantly and said, get your stuff in your car on your lunch break, get out of there as soon as your final meeting is over and get home. Cause she had a three and a half hour drive, but apparently she made good time and she got home. Uh, so by the time I was home yesterday evening, she'd already been home for about an hour. So that was good. Well, then I read this morning, uh, I, I think it was D.C., several cities, New York, you know, something that we knew was going to happen. You and I talked about yesterday. The rioting has ensued. Um, 
I don't know. I watched a video on Twitter this morning of AOC basically inciting yeah. insurrection. I saw that. Is what they got everybody for yesterday. You know, it, it's um, and and the argument that still I know it's a beating a dead horse, but you know the argument that they always say is our body, our choice. But they say that ironically about killing another human being. Yeah. And, and, what about and that baby's body? Now, you you started a, a lengthy thread last night. I believe there was four, four total of us or five total of us. And I didn't respond. I was reading them all. But I was thinking you were, you were right. And the other gentleman, I think I know, I'm pretty sure who that was that responded, that I had a response typed out to is now the church has to do what it said for a long time. Yeah. And now we do have to uh, be able to counsel these people, to be able to take care of the children, because some of them are simply going to be in in, in undesired situations. But the church now has to step up. And you brought up what you and I talked about several times early in the Roman time, or in the Roman Empire, what the Christians did. Yeah. I mean, the babies were left. Infanticide essentially was they had the baby. It wasn't aborted like we had now. It was they had the baby and the babies was left to die and just left to die on doorsteps and wherever. And the yeah. Christians went around and rescued babies. That, that I mean, they went around and did this rescue. Now, we, we essentially, as the church, we, we, we've stood on this for, I mean. Decades, half a century almost. remember. You know, um, and this is something I think a lot of churches just were mouthpieces for it. But when it come push come to shove, they won't they won't do anything. Well, no, we've as uh, you and I've discussed in a previous episode, they're even backing away from pro life now and saying, "Well, pro life means everything, cradle to the grave." Remember, you know, they're they're basically talking about social justice. They've bought into um, well the social justice warrior mentality, you know. <laughs> And and uh, this is the only thing I'll say about it. The SBC has drifted so far into social justice issues right now with the coming meeting. More to come on that in, in, in the next few weeks. But all I'm saying is it, it's so a lot of the churches that we've seen in the SBC, they're capitulating simply to the wokeism, as we will. Well, you know, when the court's decision didn't come Monday and it didn't come Tuesday, then I sort of got uh, lax about it. I didn't think it was coming this week at all. So what I thought I, we'd ta- I thought what we would be talking about this weekend was last week's um, SBC. <laughs> uh, I almost said tournament, as if we're talking about a basketball, well, a collegiate tournament in the NCAA. We, we're gonna hold we're gonna hold off a lot of SBC talk for a episode the first of July. Yeah, yeah, we've got something we're planned, hold off, and that's all we're gonna say about. Yeah, it. yeah, it should be good. Uh, I'm looking forward to that discussion. You know. What our friend brought up, and and you don't know you don't know who it was. I'll just say it. It was Alan. I'm pretty sure I knew who it was. Alan and his wife are deeply involved in this, having not only adopted two children, um, siblings from another country, but they also uh, she is now a director of a ministry that does nothing but try to help women come to a decision to not have an abortion, and then when they don't have the abortion, they help them for the first couple of years to get going in life and get that baby born healthily and to raise that child. And they try to witness to them to get them, well, you know, they want to convert them to Christianity. But if they don't convert, at least they've given that child a head start. And again, well, that is the ministry of the church. We, we need to nurture people 
the best we can. And I am scared, as he is, and you, and you know, as you said, that we won't be what the church was in those first two centuries A.D., where they were rescuing babies left and right. Yeah, and 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 he gave two examples of scary situations. You know that they were judged for some external appearances and not helped. Um, you know whether the help needed to be administered or not. I wasn't involved in the direct situation, so oh, I, I know you're talking about the example he to, gave. To, to, yeah, I'm just looking at a thirty thousand foot view of it. From a thirty thousand foot view, it was done horribly wrong. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and to be honest with you, when I read it. I, I see that in a lot of you know this. I see that in a lot of local churches here. That same judgmental kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it becomes legalism on steroids, essentially. But these people were turned away in, in need of help. The bad part uh, is that they'd already been promised the help. The church well, had already. I think the church. Was, I think. No, I think. I think you're confused. There was two stories. Oh, okay. There was one where they turned them away based on based on the external appearances, and number two, somebody pledged their help to the ministry that they are part of and then just suddenly quit, I right. think. Now, don't, I may be wrong. No, yeah, I, I think you may be right. I think you may be right. I was reading it as two different stories. Both stories are terrible. Once again, now, I don't know the inner workings of it. That church may have run into financial hardships, may, but if, if I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I, I really think that church should have done whatever it could do to be able to support that ministry and part of that ministry. Um, I, you know, to be honest with you, <laughs> uh, I might get in trouble for this one. <laughs> if we were to remove ourselves from the SBC, there's a lot more money that could be directed local to those type of missions. Shocking that you would say that. Shocking, shocking. No, I, yeah, I, I understand. Think a lot of people are not shocked when I say remove well, ourselves from the SBC. I've thought for some time that a direct, the, the church directly being missional rather than indirectly missional. No me wrong. I understand the, the the concept of the SBC and how it was founded is basically a it's a it's a missions organization and I understand that both foreign and domestic. And I understand that. But that's really not what it is anymore to some degree, right? No, it's more it's of a political just... organization, it's more of a social club and a place to debate uh trends in 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 theology and religion in the public well, sphere and I, that part of it burns me because it's not what it should be and it's not only that it's like i don't want to seek out my own missionaries so here i'll just send you some money and you do what you will right whereas but we could actually I, do it or send or train them and send them ourselves yeah exactly but back out of that let me say something now something i do support i do like and you know where my heart is at. like our little local mission for the most part our little local association that we're part of yeah I enjoy that. It's it's a fellowship of churches. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say something. Our our local place is changing <laughs> for the better a little bit. Uh, it seems as though. But what I'm saying is, um, I like being part of that fellowship of churches. Mm -hmm. uh, keep in mind that nothing lords over you, any of you. You're autonomous in that. But what I'm what I'm saying is, I like that. I'd like to focus on local stuff. I mean, also missions abroad. But I'm saying. There are several local things like the ministry we're talking about that Alan and his wife are part of that she's director of. I yeah, now. yeah, she is. And, and um, the, you know, there's a we, you know, to funnel money to those kind of things is 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 an absolute wonderful thing, especially when we know those those babies are being saved. Yep. Obviously. Yeah. 
and then the gospel is being shared. You know, that's a great place. I mean, we already donate now there, I'm pretty sure, at our local body. I'm, I'm 99% sure, but you know, I just don't have the finances in front of me. Um, but we, we do um, give their pledge there. But I just don't understand, you know. And, and then what gets me, I guess, is people donate stuff and then want their picture on Facebook with the stuff they've donated to these places. Just just donate. Yeah. Just just, just donate. There is nothing more that pet peeves me more than anything. That, that, and that, that goes along with what I'm saying about this abortion stuff. I think so many piece, people have been mouthpieces on abortion. Then when it happens... They don't know what to do. They're just going to, they're, they're just going to quit talking about it. Yep. It's magically going to disappear. They're going to say, well, we won. Guess what? We didn't win anything except a a constant, an actual constitutional view from a court that said there is no constitutionally guaranteed right. There is no federal protection of abortion. It is a state's rights issue. It always has been a state's rights issue. It's interesting. They stated in their summation that the court ruled in 73 egregiously. That means horribly, with no factual basis. Yeah. They ruled well, incorrectly and horribly wrong in their decision of Roe v. Wade, and they established something that didn't actually exist in law before and shouldn't have. So that's saying there never was a federal protection of abortion or mandate for all states to allow abortion because it's federally protected in the Constitution. Therefore, it's now back to the states. So it's way f- it's, it's, it's a long way from being over because I believe— uh, around 30 states, states will still have abortion. And some of them yeah, have actually increased their laws to where it's on demand, period. Well, I started to say, we may actually see the opposite of what everybody won't happen. Yeah, it overturned its great. And, and here in Kentucky, a trigger law went into effect, which it's banned totally now. Yes. Altogether here. Yes, the, uh, the Commonwealth's attorney, the attorney general, our equivalent of the attorney general, Cameron, uh, was on TV yesterday as I was at work. I passed screen and saw it and you and I were discussing and we weren't sure that that law had ever passed last year when it came up but apparently it did and I didn't realize there was a trigger law until I saw him talking yep. about it he said he said he said abortion is now effectively illegal in Kentucky and he was smiling and happy and I am really hoping that man runs for our governor regular, our governor is not no he's not but I'm really hoping that that Mr. Cameron runs for governor and I, he will get my vote for sure well, and, and here's the... Uh, now, Texas's law doesn't take effect for 30 days. But Oklahoma, but, still, but Oklahoma's was in, in, just like ours, it was immediate. So yesterday, well, immediately, Oklahoma, Nevada, I believe the same way. So, so surrounding California, in those western states, you've got states like Texas, Arizona, California. Um, uh, Nevada, my wife said last night, Nevada surprises me. I said, it does me too. There is a podcast that I used to listen to where the hosts were from Nevada and they made the statement that Nevada is far more conservative than people realize. And the majority of the people in the state are actually conservative and not only that, mostly Christian. It's a lot of small desert towns and high Sierra towns with with um, with small communities and lots of churches. It's, it's not true for Vegas. It's only Vegas where it's really you know, and Reno <laughs> where it's really out of hand. Well, um, uh... And, and what I was going to pick back on to what we were just what you're saying right now, some of these states. So, yeah, we have a trigger ball that's affect, you know, no abortions, period, I believe. Now, I may be misspeaking on the law, but now you may have cases our states like California that up until the moment of birth may, may allow abortion now. Yeah, we're, we're now it, in for a state by state, community yeah. by community 
uh, debate and, and, and fight. But I actually think it's that's where it belongs. It's not. It doesn't oh, belong do in the too. federal I, arena. And if I got and and I don't think we need to state this, but I will, as I'm sure you will. Our stance on abortions is it is wrong at any point, anytime, anywhere, any any instance. It's wrong. That's right. Yeah, it's murder. I mean, that's our stance. It's murder. You know, that's why we look at it. Uh, you know, um, I mean, uh, that's uh, we'll just throw our stance to where we're at with it. For the for the Friday episode of uh, WWUTT, when we understand the text, Pastor Gabe Hughes, he talked about the fact that we have to do a better job, even of communicating to, to fact to the fact, even to these women that have it. You've been in, you've now basically committed murder. That's not the end of it, though. God has forgiveness for murderers, just like he does anyone else. But you're going to have to come to a reckoning, a moral reckoning with that, that you did end a life. Those doctors are going to have to stay. He made a point of some of these doctors have, in fact, aborted thousands of pregnancies. They're going to have to stand before the, 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 the judge of all judges one day, the only God. And, exp- and there's, not going to be an, there's not going to be an excuse for their action. Um, they can't feign ignorance. They understand science who, better than any of us. Who was the guy that was, they called him Dr. Death when they, they found the babies? Remember back a few years ago? They uh, yeah, out? they. Brooklyn's or Queens? Man, they, yeah, they. Uh, they said it was just a scene out they, of a horror movie. They excavated his, uh, his land because it was full of dead babies and stuff where he was doing these uh, abortions and off the books, basically. He was just, he was just taking the bodies What's himself. Your- yeah. Hey, if you want to see a good video, I mean, there is a doctor that he's before a state legislator or I don't think it's before Congress. He shows the instruments used and walks through abortion and, and he's very numb, very non-emotional, but I, I, he's not for abortion, obviously. Right. But you see the tools and you don't cringe and cry, you get a problem. I mean, you know, Jalen describes it. about two and a half years ago. This is not to just pat you on the back, but about two and a half years ago, you preached a sermon at our old church, and it was a Sunday night sermon, and it was just, um, you had them dim the lights, you turned on, you had them turned on the projector. Yeah, we you, brought out the smoke machines. No, <laughs> you showed a slideshow, you had statistics up no, there, was, uh, you had video clips of interviews, you did an entire presentation on the evils of abortion, and, you know, that had an impact on my son, who's not a, he's part of his generation, they're not overly political, but, you know, he was, my wife said he was talking to her last night, and he was, he was, he was glad, he was happy, he was overjoyed that that Roe was gone, because he said, so that means now it's back to the states, and I didn't even think he understood all that, and she said, yeah, and he, and he goes, well, good, what about Kentucky, and she said, well, actually, Kentucky had what's called a trigger law, that if Roe was ever overturned, it would immediately go into effect, so she said, as of today, abortion's legal in Kentucky, and he said, "That's that's right. That's how it should be." You yeah, know. it was. Uh, and the term "lead balloon" should be said about that sermon for most people. It, did, uh, it, it was I don't, too long. It was too liking. long. It's a TLDR. Too long. Didn't read. <laughs> didn't want yeah, to read it. Yeah, it was. And one, remember one man who came up to me and asked me, "Why did we have pictures of Nazis?" You were explaining that they did that on a mass scale, and that what well, we were we doing were was was the equivalent of genocide. We have com- at that point you you said we had, we had killed something like nearly sixty million. And by the way, I saw that scroll across my screen last night on a news channel, and it just it was, broke my heart. It says since nineteen seventy three, estimated sixty million 
abortions have occurred in the United States alone. 60 million. Yeah, Our generation is smaller than it should be, Chalen, because we're the ones that were the product of that. The early years of abortion, abortions went through the roof. When when they finally got the ability to do it, uh, the baby boomers, all those young hippie chicks out there messing around getting pregnant out of wedlock, suddenly had an out, and they just had abortions. And it's the truth. It's the baby boomers that did it. And they basically nullified our generation. We might have been a much larger generation, Gen X, had that not occurred. And so you add that to all the other social problems that Gen X grew up with, uh, latchkey kids, uh, children of divorce, all that sort of stuff. There's no reason why we're kind of the weirdos and curmudgeons that we are today, you know? Yeah, I was trying to see. I keep all my old sermons. I was trying to see if I could find that that old PowerPoint. You know that guy you brought up, that philosopher, that college professor that talks about basically for the first two to three years of life, a child really doesn't have an existence of his own. He belongs to his parents. They should still be able to put him to death, put the child to death. Who who gives yeah. that? Who gives that evil, disgusting person a paycheck? Taxpayers, because he works for a university for the most part. For the most part, it's taxpayers. It's disgusting. It's just disgusting. Can you see that? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's it. I mean, hey, technology point. We're sharing screens here. I've never seen this. (laughs) Yeah. So it's uh, that's it. I had a PowerPoint of everything, and we we basically laid out other, you know, we have people in the church that didn't understand that term, a fantasize. Yeah. Did not. Or the concept of eugenics. Eugenics was being practiced and being promoted in the United States in the first nearly the first half of the 20th century. And like you said, it wasn't, Francis Galton talked about it, and it wasn't until the horrors of the crimes of the Nazis at the at the camps and all the other stuff that they did at the hospitals that it sort of stopped us from doing it here. But we were well on the way. I read that Margaret Sanger quote, but for my view, I believe there should be no more babies. It's 1947. Margaret Sanger. Hey, she's Hillary's hero. Thing that, Hillary won the, the Margaret Sanger person. Award, remember? Yeah, the Margaret Sanger uh, quote here: "The most merciful thing that a large family does is to uh, does to one of its infant members is kill it." Evil. I mean, it was Margaret Sanger after Margaret Sanger quote, and then and then this one. Uh, That's him, Pete Singer. That's Peter him. Singer, killing a defective infant is not more morally equivalent to killing a person. Sometimes it is not wrong at all. By the way, and that is a quote of book he wrote. Practical ethics. He's considered a moral philosopher. Yep. That's the guy I was talking about. Yep. yep. Peter Peter Ethics. It, it, it is a book that was written by him. Um, hold on. Sorry. We're, we have Bible school today. We're doing this. In a, me and you are doing this. My wife wanted to make sure that she could come back and pick me up for Bible school. Um, so, and then it, it's... Um, it was just on, and this is still from his book. Um, uh, when the death of a, this is a quote from his book. When the death of a disabled infant will lead to the birth of another infant with better prospects of a happy life. The total amount of happiness will be greater. If the disabled infant is killed, the loss of the happy life for the first infant is outweighed by the gain of the happier life for the second. Therefore, if killing uh, the hemophiliac infant has no adverse effect on the others, it would, according to the total view, be right to kill him. Wow. I mean, and these are quotes right out of his books. If you want to get paid, right there, right there is the citation. 
I mean, I didn't throw these up and expect. I threw these up and cited these. By the way, to show you how these kind of things can permeate even down to popular culture, have you gotten through to um, Infinity War yet? Have you finished? No, I'm watching Ant-Man Wasp. So you've not you've not watched Infinity War yet? No, I've got. I'm going to skip Marvel, Miss Marvel, or whatever it is. I'm going to skip that and go to Inf In Infinity War. Okay. Well, Infinity War, we'll. There's a moral argument in there that's basically one of the one of the characters in the film is arguing Pete Singer's argument. That's all I'm going to say about that because I don't want to give away the plot. But that's why that movie is so compelling. I think, and at, at the same time, also frustrating for me is that well, you wind up seeing that some people agree that what one person wants to do or does is the right thing, and you're going to be well, like, you're going to be blown away by that. Here, here is um, the the one that broke my heart in the whole thing was under some laws they were trying to say abort a baby until the age of two. At the time, she was two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's a picture from when she was two. If it, you guys can't see it, obviously. This is we don't video. have a video podcast. But it's yeah. my youngest daughter at two. Yep. It, it is. You know, my. It, it, if you don't know me, my daughters are my world. Um, my wife and my daughters are my world. I, I'm, I'm, I love being a dad. I love being a husband. Um, I love being all that. And, and, and if that doesn't break your heart, it almost makes me cry that there's people willing to kill her at that age you're okay with that you know al moeller talked about he's sad that his mother didn't live to see uh the end of abortion yesterday from a federal perspective it's not ended as far as it's not ended and you know technically congress could act and make it a federal law and their ruling does say there is nothing in this ruling that would prevent the representatives of the people if the people should so choose to enact laws that would create abortion rights. Uh, you know, let's it, just hope and pray that doesn't happen. But it, anyway, he stated gonna, these things about this, Jalen, and he was talking about his mother and then she didn't live long enough to see it. And he, t and he mentioned some names of people who had lost positions and been ridiculed by their own church and other stuff for their harsh stance on abortion. And, um, that they all died never seeing it, but they also died sort of being outcasts. And he said, in reality, they were they were brave men and women of God who were standing for the truth. He said, basically, this is the victory for them as well as, you know, for human life, period. And uh, he said, Psalms 118 says, this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. He said, we as Christians can say that daily. He said, on a day like today, we can say it even as citizens Basically, he said it, worded it differently. But when he said that, I was in a car by myself and I spoke to the radio. I said out loud, amen, brother. And honestly, my eyes welled up and I began bawling. Even though it had been hours since I'd heard it, it hadn't hit me yet. That the court had the courage, these five people anyway, had the courage to stand by what they thought was right and had convictions. If, if they only did it for legal issues, at least they saw the right way to rule. If they did it for moral and legal issues, ethical issues, then I'm I'm even more proud of them. I'm proud that they didn't worry about not mixing them. This idea that you can have a full and total separation of your public life and your private life, of your spiritual life, your personal life, 
and your and your public life, that's hogwash. That's not real, and that's not what the founders intended. This idea of separation of church and state only comes from a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote, and it was never enacted, and it even it didn't even mean what he what people think he said it meant if you read the actual letter. So I mean, people have no sense of history, Chalen, and it, that just bugs me. No, I'm gonna try to play this. I don't think this is on the fly. So if this doesn't come through, then I'll 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 get out real quick. There was a video that of this lady talking before a state senate court something about how late in the third trimester. Remember that? Yeah. That this this needs to go. I don't know if I'm set up to. Don't know. I'm not getting any sound. Okay. All right. Let me let me try one other thing, and after this, we'll just we'll okay. just uh, move on. We'll, we'll uh, move on. Let me try this. Still nothing. Nothing. I'm not set up to do that yet. So we'll 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 we'll, we'll work on that to where we can do stuff like this. Um. Yeah, that was the first time we had tried to share. Well, audio from do you the boards. do you remember? Do you know what you were trying to? What she was going to say, basically? Can you summarize it? No, I don't. I, it's I'll have to watch it. I, I remember that video being absolutely terrible, but was, I don't remember the. I remember the video. I don't. I remember the context basically of we're okay killing it anywhere in the third trimester up until birth, or even right after birth. Okay, so it was very that, offensive to the ears. In other words, but it yeah. was just terrible to hear the. Um, you showed me in the screenshot a while ago, so it's a well-dressed, obviously educated uh, young woman sitting there. No reason to suspect she's got the words coming out of her mouth are going to be this kind of horror show, right? I mean, am I describing it correctly? She looks like she's there oh, to present a case in court or something. I think she was, was she before well, Congress or... I think it was a local issue. I mean, a state issue, not a, oh. a, a, a national issue. Okay. I tell you what was sad: who we have for governor here in Kentucky now openly supports abortion. Yes, but we know of many people that voted for him, not caring about the abortion issue, that are, but voted quote, him for simply for their pocketbook. And I'm doing air quotes, Christian. Yes, I, I, I mean, yeah, exactly. They were able to set aside um, his, oh, perfectly okay. He would run it up until the moment of birth, if not after birth. Um, perfectly fine with that, as long as it didn't affect their pension. You know? Right. Look, and, I spoke with a young man at work yesterday who said, you know, he said, I have friends who work in state government, et cetera, et cetera, and I'm like, Dude, I'm retired from state government. You know, <laughs> and I said so. I know dozens of people who work in state government, or I did, if they're all still working. Some of them aren't anymore, and some have passed away. But, um, you know, I said, "What are you going to say?" And he said, "Well, that they've changed their mind on him, and they regret voting for him. But it's too late. They cast their vote that day, you know, and he is the governor." But I said, well, we have an election coming up next year. Am I correct? We uh, always, ours is always so. in the off. Ours is always the, we have odd. Oh, ours year. is a commonwealth, and we have these odd odd, odd year it's, elections. So, yeah, I believe. We're from Kentucky. Bear with us. Yeah, I believe it's 23. 
we'll have an election and so yeah he will uh he will definitely face challenges and i hope a challenger and i'm hoping that challenger is the one you and i were talking about earlier and that we believe is probably going to run against him and i think it would be so ironic if if he did lose to him because recall that he was the essentially attorney general of the state the commonwealth attorney um under the former governor who was a republican and who was uh, much maligned and some of the things they had against him were, were were legit turned out to be after he was out of office but other things were just they just didn't like his policy uh, oh, he, because he, he was I, I mean i'll concerned. bash him equally too sure he my bevin released pedophile pedophiles yeah, yeah. From that's prison. what i'm saying on his way out the door he did some stupid stuff oh it was absolutely terrible yeah i know one of them i mean they almost killed a kid yeah. In Hopkinsville. They almost killed a kid. Yeah. I mean. No, I have no respect for that. Uh, whatsoever. I'm, I mean, may, I mean, I did I'm, vote for him that first, both times, but, you know, uh, when I when mean, he was, once he was out of office, I was like, dude, the way you left. You know, I always, I always feel like it's like what uh, Dr. James White says. You start well in life or you start well in ministry, but do you end well? He goes, I want to be yeah. consistent enough to be able to say that. The people will, my my children and grandchildren will say, "Well, he ended his life just as well as he lived it." Uh, well, that's 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 what I want from people like, you know. And you can't really necessarily expect it from politicians; they're not always what they say they are. But there are a few Christians who are still involved in in government, and uh, I just want them to be consistent with their faith, even uh, if it's not popular. Just be consistent with hey. your faith. And that's why people like you and I, I don't ever care to run for office. No, me neither. Nor will I. There was, <laughs> there were people that talked to me and talked to my wife about it several years ago. That once I retired, I should consider. I'm like, never. They knew how political I was, no. but I'm like, never. They don't they understand. Expect you to capitulate to too many things that I just can't capitulate with. I can't stuff. kiss enough butt to be a politician. <laughs> no. Well, is there anything else you want to add to it? I've got to go to Bible school this morning. No, I, to I totally understand that. I'm just glad we were able to talk about this situation. I, Folks, what we should pray for now is what Chandler and I were talking about earlier, that we as Christians, we as the church, the body of Christ, will be the hands and feet of Christ and do exactly what we're called to do and attend to the needs of those. If we say we're for life, then we need to show that we're for life and actually promote it. Not just Absolutely. platitudes about laws, but actually show it. Secondly, we do need to pray for peace because we're entering a stage that's unprecedented. Dude, I was born two months before the Roe decision. I have never lived in a world without abortion on the, on the federal level and without all this talk about Roe v. Wade and without the desire to see it overturned. From a very young well, life, from a very young age, I, I learned what abortion was and was taught it was evil, and, and I still believe it's evil. I've, I've not changed on that at all. And I tell you, Chalen, um, I never thought I'd see this day. Well, I'm going to say this. What you're going to see in the weeks and months to come, probably month, I would stop it at a month. You're going to see a lot of churches pounding their chest that it's over and we won. No, it's That's not as over. far as they'll go. Mm -hmm. That's, That's my point. It's not over. It's never this over. Is, the, the, no, this has just begun. And, and I honestly think tomorrow... Sunday, day of worship for most churches. I think you'll probably see some churches vandalizing. It may not be, you know, violent, but I think you'll see some sort of retaliation because, you know, it's 
you know, I read many quotes on Facebook. My wife, because I don't have Facebook, but my wife this morning showed, you know, you know, it's it's all religious people, the beliefs of the Bible. I don't believe the Bible, but that's what's causing me to lose my right to. You, you know, I, I I always felt like we were the only ones really fighting for the unborn because nobody ever talked about the right of the baby in the womb. No. And and I agree with this argument that was made by Stu from Glenbeck some years ago. And if you agree with abortion, take the religious terms out of it. Now, we disagree with it because of religious. We believe it to be murder from the point of conception. Okay. Right. Yeah. I, I, let's, I also disagree with assisted suicide. So both ends of life. That's okay? right. That's right. Uh, are you catching an echo now? No, I'm not. Are you getting one? Are you getting feedback? No. No, my uh, my headset just died. My oh. headset, I didn't want you to catch the feedback of the mic. No, we're good. Um, I'll say this and we'll be done. I disagree with you on both sides. And what, what you're going to have happen now, or what Stu always said was, at some point, somebody that believes in abortion has to say it is wrong at this moment and right at this moment. And this was the argument I made in that presentation. Please describe the moment. What is the moment that says, okay, it's fine now, but it wasn't then? There has to be some sort of defining factor that says right and wrong for you morally. We, we, we know ours. Ours is biblically standard. The uh, Killing and, and murder is wrong. What is theirs? Right. It's arbitrary, isn't it? Yeah. Originally, under the original one, uh, Justice Blackman and them, they said it was the first trimester. That's a made-up term. The trimester is a made-up term. It's just a definitional term. Three months here of gestation, three months here of gestation, first, second, third. That's just a made-up term. Yeah. Pregnancy is pregnancy. There's a life growing in in your womb from the beginning until the time it comes out. Hey. Perfect example. I mean, I know we we go to this verse a lot, but you you talking about a baby in the womb? I'm like, listen, I know people are going to laugh at me. What happened to John the Baptist when he was in the womb? He leaped for joy at the presence of of Mary because she was holding the Messiah in her womb. Yeah, he leaped. I mean, <laughs> and and look, I, I will say this, and, and we'll close here. Remember, he came out of the womb filled with the Spirit. I know we are seeing. Molech right now, tear its clothes, uh, yeah. and all ashes. This is what I talked about yesterday at work with 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 one of my bosses. I've talked about him, you know, before with you, and um, I said, I said, Nick, this is this is the worship of Molech that's occurred now for nearly fifty years. The dark forces don't want to let this go. I said that's why I'm worried about violence in the streets. I'm worried for the lives of those justices and things like that. Not worry in the sense of I couldn't sleep last night. I slept. But what I'm saying is it bothers me that people will turn the streets upside down and flip cars and bust windows out and destroy businesses and spill blood for nothing but their right to commit murder. Calling it what it is. Spade a spade. It's murder. So I need to have my personal autonomous right over my body to kill something. Kill someone. That's the thing. It's not something. I messed up there. Poor choice of words. To kill someone. If I don't have the right to kill someone, whether I ever do it or not, I want that right, to that option to know I can kill someone. Because this is a baby. It's a person. If I can kill someone, then I, I, I don't want no part of this country, and I'm going to let's just blow it up and start all over. And that is essentially 
What an elected co- congresswoman said yesterday is that the Supreme Court needs to be brought to task for this. They, they fought for obviously, And then she said from the House of Representatives that the senators that voted those that voted to confirm those three justices under Trump, they're to blame as well. It's it's egregious. It is egregious. Uh, look, as I ended that text yesterday, I'll say this. We need to pray for peace and we need to pray for, pray for repentance and revival in our nation. If that doesn't happen, then we need to be accepting and ready for the judgment of God and know that it's just and well-deserved. And I said, if not, the righteousness of God should fall on this nation like an anvil. And I still stand by that. And that's a hard thing to say as someone who used to fly their flag out in the front yard. I don't do it anymore. Not because I hate the country, but because I don't like what the country is and stands for today. And that's my point. I'm not going to spend my life being a patriot. I'm going to spend my life being a, um, a servant of the king. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm like, um, I guess in some ways I'm a monarchist because I serve the king of kings and the lord of lords. I don't serve man. Agreed. I agreed. And that's a good place to end. As long as you take us home. All right. Love you, Chalen. Uh, visit us online at www.dumbspeak.com. You can send us an email, comments, plural comments, at dumbspeak.com there. We welcome your comments, suggestions, even your remarks. If it's negative to what we said today, that's fine. We uh, we, we allow that. Uh, just keep it civil. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for listening. We're pray, praying for you. hope you'll pray for us in this ministry. Uh, pray for the country right now and for peace and uh, and rejoice in the fact that maybe some babies' lives will be saved. Until next time, God bless. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>